0: But I think a lot of women are living out there, kind of unfulfilled, on un, just kind of doing the rote behaviors, yeah, right? Not knowing. I mean, we all see, right, we all we all see a girl out there in short shorts and high heels, and you go, "Oh, trampy." You know, we still do that to each other.
1: Welcome to the Finding Your Shine podcast, hosted by best friends, Nina Boyce and Liz Garster. Enjoy a dose of Monday motivation each week as we interview people lighting up the communities of health and wellness, spirituality, and personal growth. Wherever you are on your journey to health, happiness, and self-love, our real and authentic conversations with guests will keep you inspired and empowered. And keep you laughing too. Thanks for listening. We're honored to join you in finding your shine. Hey, listeners. This episode of the podcast is going to be a little bit different because I am doing the interview solo. Liz isn't with me today and I'm talking to a women's hormone expert and gynecologist, Dr. Heather Bartos. And you know, because this is sort of my bag and this is my work that I do now, Liz was like, girl, take this episode solo. And that's exactly what we did. So she will be back with us next week. But I really, really hope that you guys enjoyed this conversation with Dr. Bartos. We got into some conversations that I think can be a little bit touchy for women, sometimes a little bit even uncomfortable. But I think that they're conversations that we really need to have in women's health. And the reason I find this to be so important is because sexuality and being comfortable in this area of your life and in women's health really does impact your hormones, impacts your periods, affects your mental health. And so I'm really excited to be bringing this conversation to you guys today. I will make a note. You all know that I am always a advocate of finding different ways to deal with period pain and hormonal imbalance naturally. But we did have a lot of really good discussion in this conversation about the birth control pill and how it can be effective for some people. So we also touch on that in this episode. But before we dive on in, I did want to remind you that I'm still taking one-on-one private hormone coaching clients. And if you want a little bit more information on what that looks like, you can go to my website, nourishedwithnina.com, and you can find the tab that says Work With Me, Private uh, Coaching, and you can read all about what's included in my private coaching program More specifically, we have 10 sessions together where we dive really deep into what's happening nutritionally, um, of course, hormonally, lifestyle-wise with your stress, energetically mentally we really pull all of the pieces together and look at you from this holistic viewpoint i also have so much fun by incorporating spirituality and tarot card readings and reiki into these sessions and we really figure out what's going on at the root when it comes to your hormone imbalances so if you have been struggling with you know PMS or painful periods, chronic fatigue, acne, or even things more serious such as endometriosis or PCOS, reach out to me. Let's have a conversation. Let's see what we can do to really get to the root of what's going on and start the journey of helping you feel really well and vibrant again. So you can find all that information one more time on my website, which is nourishedwithnina.com and just look for the tab that says work with me, private coaching. And of course, you can always catch up with me on Instagram as well, at nourished. With Nina. All right, that's all I have for you guys. So we're going to hop right into this episode learning about women's sexuality, libido, and even body image with Dr. Heather Bartos. Hey, listeners. Today, I am doing a recording with Dr. Heather Bartos, who is a board-certified OBGYN and a leading voice in the women's health space. And you might notice this episode's a tiny bit different because I do not have Liz with me today. So you are just going to hear an interview with me and Dr. Bartos. You told me I could call you Heather. Please.
0: It's an intimate
1: conversation. You're right. We are definitely going to talk about all the intimate things. And here's something that our listeners are starting to know. I have transitioned from just health coaching now focusing on women's hormonal health. So a lot of these conversations that we've been having and I've been having, I'm just like putting it all out there. And I feel like these are conversations, like some of the stuff we might get into today are things that might seem a little bit uncomfortable for women, but It Also, they're necessary conversations that we need to have.
0: Absolutely. All areas of women's health. I think we need to be talking about it more together Mm as a group because everyone's suffering from the same things. It's not like your path is different than mine. We're having the same things as we age and have become mothers and Mm -hmm. grandmothers. So it all needs to be discussed.
1: Exactly. Well, before we hop into everything, can you let our listeners know a little bit about you, a little bit about your background as a gynecologist, and now um, all of the work you're doing with promoting women's health?
0: Sure. Yeah. I actually, I actually was a, I'm a Navy veteran. So I actually was in the U.S. Navy for 12 years as a gynecologist with them. And I'm outside of Dallas, Texas. So. Y'all. You'll hear a couple of y'alls dropped here and there. I'm sorry <laughs> about it. that. It's just kind of the perfect word, honestly. And uh, I started back in corporate medicine when I left the military. And what I noticed is it's kind of an oxymoron. It doesn't work. I was just being told to see more and more and more women. We weren't getting in-depth with anyone. And I wasn't able to fix anything. I was just kind of putting a fix-a-flat on women's problems and sending them back out on the road. And I finally was fed up with it. And I almost... I got really myself after my second child. And I realized the whole problem was my doing. I was not living up to what I needed to be doing. And so I left and opened up my own practice, which still is done in this country. And we have a yoga studio in-house, meditation classes. I really wanted a, a village for women's health. Women could come and get anything done. So we do all the natural hormones. We do... We have functional medicine. We have everything. I want to be a one-stop shop, Women's Health. This is a
1: dream. uh, Literally a dream. As you're saying this, I'm like, why? I'm trying to find something just like this in Columbus and I've kind of like weaseled my way into finding like people here and there. But I'm like, where's the one-stop shop? Like I want this here in Columbus, Ohio. It
0: is. It's really a dream to work in because I finally get to make sure women are taken care of in every aspect. We have primary care. So we do everything Mm. from top to bottom and inside and outside. And we're actually opening our our second location up early next year. So we have found that women really are craving that kind of tribal kind of health where we get to everything.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And here we are. (laughs) I was going to say, here we are. Have you noticed that it's becoming more popular to want to, you know, go to a gynecologist more like you and the facility that you've been building? Because I know like the more... I mean, I'm also in this field, right? And I have this podcast. And so I'm talking to women that are interested in these types of things. But I'm hoping that the push is more to functional medicine and holistic health. I think I
0: think it is, and I think the way to start is to kind of have a hybrid model of both mm-hmm. uh, because there's sometimes that prescribing a birth control pill is perfectly perfect for that woman. Mm-hmm. And there's times that she needs something like colostrum for leaky gut. We just and so just to go to one or the other, never actually, really focuses on the whole woman it actually just focuses on the woman's whole which is Mm -hmm. more than what we do as gynecologists and um i'm hoping that it becomes more and more accepted i mean i hope that my colleagues out there that are listening Mm -hmm. are thinking hey i don't have to worry about insurance reimbursements and that kind of thing that this is possible to really care about women and all that they do
1: So I actually want to dive into what you said earlier about birth control. So I recently did a Facebook Live and I was talking about birth control because I think a lot of women don't know the side effects of birth control or they don't know exactly what it's doing to the body. So in my world, that's what I see. But then also, I like to make a note like it is helpful in some cases. Can you touch on that? Because I know that it can seem like maybe in holistic health, we're always bashing birth control. But like, what are the pros and cons?
0: Yeah, you know, birth control. I mean, we always say it's birth control, but it actually can be bleeding control or cyst control. We use it for other things. And in fact, I have some young women who are very religious, and I'm like, let's just call them your cyst control pills or your bleeding control pills because it offends them that it's birth control. And you know what it does is it really kind of shuts down. It makes your ovaries are volcanoes every month and making cysts and and which are normal and ovulating and it makes them into dormant volcanoes. So like things kind of shut down. Your body thinks it's pregnant. So instead of having those ups and downs every month of your hormones, we all know when that happens, right? That mid-month, oh, here's the PMS coming. It evens that out. And so really you're functioning more like how a guy functions, that they're even, their hormones are even all the time. And that's why women have those moments where we get all hormonal up and down and up and Mm -hmm. down. So if we need to even those out, for cases like say ovarian cysts, you know, birth control. I don't always do pills really as my first line anymore. I'm more of a fan of the IUDs and such like that. But if we need to do them, it's a great kind of short term little way to, again, shut down the system to give women a break from bleeding or try to shrink that ovarian cyst without surgery because we try to avoid surgery if we can. And the cons are, of course, just like pregnancy, boob tenderness. Yes, headaches, um, uh, mood swings, and some women weight gain for some women. I always say I never know which woman's going to do what. It's like trying on the perfect shoe. Like I guess got to see what shoes gonna fit first. And sometimes we get it right the first time, but sometimes we're still trying on shoes ten pairs later. You know, we just mm-hmm. find what the right formulation is for you. And if you're going to a doctor and says, this is the pill I want to give you, forget it, I don't care about whatever things you're worried about, acne or whatever, I'm not worried about that, then that's not the right doctor for you. Because Mm -hmm. I can almost tailor the symptoms and the fix for that with the right pill
1: hmm Do you ever suggest anything other than the pill? Or is it like, do you say like, well, let's weigh your options here. Here are the symptoms. This is why I think it might be best for you. But also here are some of the things you could do to try and balance out your hormones naturally. When do you have that Absolutely. conversation? Absolutely. My my favorite uh, my favorite thing is natural or
0: compound. I uh, compound progesterone. Um, progesterone is really usually kind of up in the second half of the cycle, as the mm-hmm. progestation hormone, as you know, and and most women are deficient in it in this country because there's so much estrogen in everything—the plastics, and the meats, and the and the milks—and so by balancing out, that's kind of your yang to your yin. So we can do compounded progesterone cream, um, second half of the cycle, that can help normalize. Um, bleeding less in clots that kind of thing the other thing is 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 wild yam cream is available online at amazon mm-hmm. and it's a, a smaller derivative of that and i've used that personally and it's been great i personally can't really take birth control pills very well so i'm very mm-hmm. sensitive to that issue for a lot of women i just does not work with my biochemistry yeah um You know, certainly we look at essential oils um, that can help with things like cysts or bleeding. Um, CBD is becoming a new big thing. There's not a lot of research in the gynecologic field with it, but I think it's going to be big for cramps and such too. So it's really kind of fascinating to kind of take a multidisciplinary approach. And the first thing I'll ask women is, how? where do you want me to go with this? I can go as natural as you want. I yeah. go all the way to like, here's a pack of something. And I'll kind of let the woman decide. A lot of times they'll start with one thing and they'll come back and they'll say, you know, that wasn't for me. I want to try the natural approach or I want to try mm-hmm. this instead. So I don't get the side effects of the weight gain or, or you know the breakthrough bleeding and that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. I think that's great because sometimes my experience is that whenever I've gone to my gynecologist and I've had two now, I always feel a little bit shut down when I ask about that because I definitely know I was on birth control in college and, you know, throughout college when I graduated. And when I finally got off, like my body just was whack and I tried it again and it's just, it doesn't work for me. My body's so sensitive. And I was just like, I want to go the more natural route, but what can I do? And there was never really an option for me. It was just kind of like, well, this is all we can give you. Um, And I found that really frustrating in my own experience. So that's why it's like, I've always been trying to find, I think you got to find your tribe of people who you trust and that actually will listen to you.
0: Yes. Well, and, and and if you don't find that in the first person you see, it's okay to shop around and find yeah. what works for you. I mean, we don't marry the first guy that we meet usually. So, <laughs> usually, right. So why, I mean, your calls is going to be up your cooch-cooch too. So I mean, why <laughs> just go, oh, this is not a good match for me. You know, I yeah. have women that leave my practice because they just don't find that we gel. That's Find, find your tribe and stick with it. And there are absolutely, I mean, one of my favorite things is a paragraph IUD. No hormones whatsoever. Good for ten years. And a lot of my young women take that that don't want hormones. They don't want that that um that suppression of their hormonal because so yeah. like, you got off and you rebounded and everything kinda went whack-a-doodle. Yeah. And and they don't want that. They want to live with their own hormones. And so diaphragms are still out there. We still fit women for diaphragms. I mean, It's very 1980 of us, but we still have a diaphragm fitting kit and we still use it. There's other ways there are.
1: Yeah. Okay, wait. I don't really know what a diaphragm is. And I think that's silly because I like doing this work. What exactly does a diaphragm do? Oh my gosh! So I, I love. I wish I had one with me. Not that everyone can see it, but
0: yeah. it looks like um, it looks like a little baby bowl that you would put like soy sauce in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, I see. Yeah. I see these special analogies, but you would you would kind of like it's like like a little cup kind of like a diva cup and people are using diva cups these days, but it's more um, shaped like a little saucer than it Mm. is like like a little, like a little canister, like the diva cup is. And basically it folds up. It's silicone, it's plastic and it goes up in and it basically kind of, off, It kind of creates a dam between the mm. sperm and the cervix. And most women use it with spermicidal gel. You know, there it's it works great. It's The funny thing is, though, you have to really know it's coming. Like a condom, you have to be like, Okay, we're going to have sex. Hold on. I'll be right back. Yeah. Put this in and I'll come back out and then you got to take it out afterwards. So, Which um, can
1: totally kill the mood if that's not what you're going for. Like, be what? Well, but it you know what? Can, like, yeah. Yeah. If you're using yeah. a condom, like what's the difference, right? It's like the same yeah. thing. Yeah. It's, I mean, but some
0: women love it. And some guys are very sensitive to condoms. And so yeah. they can Or so they say they are, you know, who knows. But yeah, um, whatever lies the men tell us. But um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't do it much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it's have to be fitted, Kind of like you do like a shoe Um, because and your vagina size changes as you get older because you may have had kids or as as we get over 50, the vagina actually can get smaller again. So it's really kind of something you have to kind of keep up with and kind of follow up with the gynecologist to make sure it's still fitting every year and everything like that too
1: what are your thoughts on the Diva Cup? So I have not used one yet. And I it's on my list. Like next month, I'm like, I'm buying the Diva Cup. I'm sort of afraid that it's going to be like a war scene. Like I'm really nervous about it. Because first of all, I just feel like it'd be uncomfortable. Like I remember when yeah. I was using birth control, I had the NuvaRing for a little bit. yeah, yeah. And I felt it the entire time. And yeah. I felt like... Uh, so I just am nervous about the Diva Cup this is it's interesting i um so i i had an
0: ablation a few years ago so i don't have periods anymore and then once i stopped having periods guess what all this great new period crap came out right i'm like <laughs> yeah. oh my god oh my god like the thinks panties i think are amazing like they seem so cool Period panties yeah i mean when my daughter starts her period i'm like i'm getting you these because yeah. i don't how any pairs of underwear i ruined as a young hundreds. girl hundreds
1: hundreds well,
0: I mean, that's, it's crazy. And you know, and I wasn't, I wasn't really allowed to use tampons and mom wasn't really cool with that. So, so I just like wore like six pads in a day, you know? <laughs> so, so I'm jealous that this new generation, the young kids always had it good. Um, with this diva Cup, I mean, it's really mm-hmm. soft. So, like the new Rain like you had is a little bit more firm. Um, and I mean, it's, it's so squishy, like a point pointer holder, but it's from um, the Diva Cup is almost like I could just take it and smush it, like it's that mm, soft. Mm-hmm. But it does go open there pretty easily. I think there is going to be a little trial and error on your part, and it
1: could be a little messy yeah. until you figure it out. Well, you... for, our, for our listeners that may not know, the Diva Cup is literally a silicone cup that you insert to right, the
0: vagina. It sits right into the cervix and it collects the menstrual blood, so it's right. like a collection device.
1: A collection device, yeah, and so a lot of women are raving about it. I feel like for those of us that haven't tried it, we're freaked out because we're like, "What is happening? Why are we just filling this cup up?" And like then, then you have to eliminate it, you know, laid it out, and yes. Wait- clean, right? Because there's
0: no waste. I mean, you know, and and right. you know, the you know, what do you do with the tampon? Do you flush it? Do you not flush it? You know, that, right. that's still out. And then the pads, and you know, all the landfill stuff. So I, mean, I totally get it. Um, and it's reusable. So once you buy one, you can, you know, you can rinse it out and put it back in. And I love all of that. Water. So it's a really interesting idea. Yeah, I, I have a friend who's a gynecologist who tried it when we were residents, like it first came out uh-huh. it's in a bar bathroom.
1: Oh my god
0: why did you bring that to a bar bathroom? to Yeah. I mean, I guess you need a drink or two to to, to get in there. Really first just came out. And so she walks out and she's walking out like she, I mean, I think she didn't have it all the way in. It was like, like she's like, this is so uncomfortable. So we figured out you have to get it in the right spot Mm -hmm. and then you shouldn't feel it. Like it really Mm -hmm. is very smushy and soft. And I think it's, a great, I mean, Diva Cup's not the only brand, right. uh, but kind of like Coke, like it's everything's a Coke in Texas. Like, and then you say, you know, Dr. Pepper or Sprite. So Diva Cup is just my word for all of those. But right. what a green kind of cool choice for younger women to use.
1: Well, I am going to go for it and I'll have Girl, to report. You you I'll have, have to report back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll report back and let you know what my findings are. Please do. So I guess like just Going off of this conversation, I mean, we're obviously talking about diva cups and like all of the things. What, I know that something that's really important to you is talking about women's sexuality. And this is another conversation that, how do I say it? I think it's sort of generational. Like I've noticed now Uh, I'm 30. And like some of the people that are younger than me are around my age. We're like opening up about this. Like, let's talk about this. But if I were to even be like, hey mom, listen to this episode I just recorded. She'd be like, oh my gosh, Nina, you actually, you know, like it's, you don't talk about that kind of stuff. (laughs) So where have you found like these conversations leading you in your own practice? Yeah. It's so interesting
0: because I never would have thought this Female sexuality was an area of interest of mine, I and mean, we don't learn about it when we're studying gynecology, which seems really stupid, right? Like it's a big area. Yeah, I mean, that's that's how we get to the pregnancy that then we deliver, you know, nine months later. And and I um I started becoming interested in. There was a woman named Carol, and she was seventy, and we got done with her well woman exam, and I've seen her for years. I mean, years. She's the sweetest little woman, and she said something. She goes, I have to ask you a question. I was like shoot girl like, yeah what do you guys I mean think she wanted a refill or, a yeah. or somewhere, she, goes, she goes how do i know if i've ever had an orgasm oh man and i was like oh that's not the question i thought you were going to ask right about uh, doing my professional face right i'm yeah. like, I'm, not, like <laughs> any thought. I'm like okay <laughs> yeah really and i'm thinking and it's like oh my god this woman is my mother's age and she's asking me if she had an orgasm and and um so we talked about it for a little bit and and what I realized is what, why is that, you know, we aren't taught as women how to be sexual beings. We're just not. We're not. Nope. At any age. Mm-hmm. I mean, sexual beliefs form between ages five and eight. You don't know what sex is when you're between five. I hope no one I w- knows
1: what sex is I was just thinking back and I was like, dude, at that age, I was like picking flowers in my backyard and yeah, making like, like leaf tacos. I you know, yeah.
0: picking a football. Yeah. And, and that's when we start to understand things. So, like, you may have like touched yourself, and someone at the end goes, "Oh, that is so dirty. Never touch yourself, bad girl." We well, just learned that masturbation was dirty. That your body is dirty. And and what we find is that we see, what we'll watch our parents and like their relationships, and we watch other people and romance movies on TV on Lifetime or whatever, and we're like, "Huh?" So this is why this is is the you know what we learn is the damsel in distress. Yeah, it's so true. want to rescue me and. And we don't learn how to be kind of independent, sexually independent women. And then as teenagers, all girls are told, don't don't open your legs for a boy. Don't get pregnant. Don't, yep. just, don't have sex. And the boys aren't taught that. I mean, they're taught don't get a girl pregnant, right? But yeah. not...
1: But we're sex. over here feeling scared almost like of you know, our bodies and, and, and who shame, we are. A lot of, so much shame. Yeah, you know? so true. And and I think that's why a lot of young women get
0: into dangerous situations where, like, their first time is a date rape or it's force. It's not like it's it's consensual, um, and and that kind of carries with us. We're creating little mini traumas along the way until then. Finally, you're thirty or forty or whatever, and you're like, "Who am I sexually? I don't really know who that is." And I've had women still young. I mean, twenty something years old. She's married to a forty year old man, and she's like, "I don't want to have sex at all." Mm-hmm. And I said, well, why? What, what's going on? What, mm-hmm. what are you feeling when you have sex? She's like, mm. she goes, I'm just not feeling it. She said, I just do my shopping list while I'm doing it. I got to go yeah. to Target. I got to do this. And when you really get down into it, she had been raped by her stepbrother when she was like 14. Well, of course, I mm-hmm. don't want to have sex. I mean, mm-hmm. women are stupid. Uh, and they're not all rape stories or molestation stories, anything. Thing can be a little bit of a trauma between that age group yeah. and change what you feel about it. I mean, I I remember my mother saying, I'd be so disappointed in you if you got pregnant. I'd be like, ouch, that's the worst, right? When your mother's just been disappointed in you, that's yeah. The worst. Yeah. And, um, and those little mini shames really force us down. Plus the fact that Women actually have higher sex drives than men baseline. We actually do. Wait, really? This I is know. news to me. This is news to me. We are we are meant to go out there and have children. We have been suppressed for years, thousands of years, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're not the stronger physically sex. So we've been, you know, the virgin queen, right? Queen Elizabeth, but the king, Henry the Eighth, had eight wives. I mean, mm-hmm. and so we've kind of been put in this religious kind of chaste group, which is fine. Yeah thing but but it doesn't really get to the point that women's bodies are meant to be celebrated our bodies are meant to be celebrated and enjoyed it's a it's a pleasurable experience it's a vital sign of your life like food air um blood pressure all these things your sex life tells you how life is going and we're not honoring that we don't talk about it as doctors we just barely ever get into that and so really trying to get into women's sexuality and what that means for them you the mind you may be like you know what Dr. Bartos I I love threesomes, and I'd be like, "All right, girlfriend, that's your thing." As long as you, yeah. have sex. you know, or I, you know, I only have sex once a month, and we're okay with that. We love, it. then that's great. But I think a lot of women are living out there, kind of unfulfilled, and un, just kind of doing the rote behaviors, yeah, right? Not knowing. I mean, we all see, right? We all we all see a girl out there in short shorts and high heels, and you go, "Oh, trampy." You know, we still do that to each other, you know, that's so and true. and. Try to
1: get away from it. So I'm even thinking like, we talk a lot about body image on this podcast and Mm -hmm. like how, for how many years have women been taught like, you're not good enough. This isn't good enough. You need to change this. You're not pretty enough because of this. And like, how are we supposed to feel comfortable and open up sexually if we're always like, critiquing every little thing about our bodies every single little thing and it's unfortunate that like I feel like there's two sides like there's obviously the side of like women are always sexualized you know like we're almost afraid to show up and be like here I am because then oh god like this person's looking at me or like you did this to yourself like you said like the girl with the short shorts but it's like how are we supposed to balance it like we want to love our bodies we want to express ourselves but at the same time oh we can't do too much
0: yeah, it's, I mean, that's that's a big, and honestly, I think, honestly, right now, women are doing it to each other worse, but this is exactly yes. the reason women get in dangerous relationships is because you're, you don't feel like you're enough, you don't feel pretty, you haven't learned how to feel that about yourself at a young age, and then the guy comes along and says, I think you're beautiful, let's sleep together, and so that's how a lot of young women get into trouble. Mm. Now, and by trouble, I mean they're not in a good, sexually fulfilling relationship, Yeah. And, And again, we're not taught that. Like there's no, and I've looked, there's no form to teach that. I mean, if I try to teach a group of eight-year-old girls how to feel sexual, I'd be probably booted out of the country like Roman Polanski. But (laughs) we should be teaching young women, you know, hey, this is how you safely feel sexual. This is how you honor your body and your self-image because it mm-hmm. all comes down to self-image. You're exactly right. Yeah. If I have a good body image, then I don't need a man to make me feel sexual. I can feel sexual and not even have sex. I can feel sexual and be completely celibate, mm-hmm. but I can still feel very sexy and sexual. It's almost a pleasure-seeking and it's not Greedy, it's what you deserve. That's what your body is meant to do.
1: So, I also relate this a lot to the chakra system. And so, we have like our sacral chakra, and so many people are imbalanced in their sacral chakra because of issues just like this, and how these actually develop into like further emotional issues. So, it's not just sex or sexuality, it's also about right. our emotions and how we feel. And Cutting then it yeah, exactly. And then again, in the work that I do, it's like, how is that then tied to the hormone imbalances that you're feeling? And like, how is this all interconnected? Your emotions, yeah. your thoughts, your energy system, and your periods? It's all one. It's
0: all one. And one of my favorite things to do with women who are not feeling that, like who are not feeling sexual, who have low libido, these kind of things, is to have them go start taking belly dancing or salsa class. Loosen up those bottom shots. Yeah. Shoulders. Get the thing. blood flow back. It's also makes you feel good to dance. And so um, that's an easy way that's not that's not um, discouraging to a lot of women. If I say, hey, go take a salsa class. I mean, I live in Texas. I mean, there's there's classes everywhere. Go do that and move your hips. I mean, we try to just kind of... We, you know, we kind of sit there. Yeah. We're fixated. And women's hips are a beautiful thing. I mean, we know now that wider hips are better for childbirth. And we make smarter babies and we have bigger butts. I mean, all these <laughs> wonderful things... Wait, are that's
1: about. a thing? Dude, smarter babies yes. and bigger butts? Yes! If Liz was on this podcast, because she always is... She's always talking about her big butt. She'd be like, hell yes. <laughs> My child's in in Mensa. Like, there you go. I, yeah. It's... Um, we're learning that the, the,
0: the traditional female shape, not the skinny, you know, kind of the Kate Moss kind of shape, but this very voluptuous shape is the healthiest shape for women. Like if that's the mm-hmm. if we're most healthy and and from your hormone work, you know that like that's where the fat distribution is correct. That's where um, the hormones are optimized and that's where you feel most sexual. And everyone wants to be real skinny and have yeah. like nothing And a little curve is a good thing.
1: So I noticed on your website, you have like even the pictures you have up on that landing page. It shows showcases different women's bodies like different women's Mm -hmm. bodies and also colors and i so appreciated that it's like we all are different and this is also healthy and i think that there's a huge like black and white thinking going on in you know the doctor's world or probably even i don't know gynecologists but it's like this is healthy and this isn't or this bmi is healthy and this isn't can you touch on that a little bit more yeah, you know, I I'm not probably at my ideal
0: BMI. I'm not afraid to admit that. No one can see me, but I mean, I probably could lose 30 40 pounds and probably be a healthier woman, but I'm not unhealthy. I, I am mean, I do Pilates 3 days a week. I am probably the strongest I've ever been. I'm in my late 40s. I don't think I look like it most
1: days. I would not but, um, have pinned that off. Oh.
0: <laughs> but I, you know, I do think that that we're not good. Like we're not mm. good at being sensitive. I mean, I've, I, I had a partner and she's actually a functional medicine doctor and she upset a patient that she said, you seem to cut out all the flour and sugar. Mm. said it from a really kind place, but I know how it came across. This woman needed to hear it differently. We don't mm-hmm. need to always tell everyone the same message. I don't talk to my daughter the same way I talked to my son, the way I talked to my husband, they need a different message from me. And so the one, the one kind of, one message for all doesn't help. I need to meet the woman where yeah. she is, and then, and then go from there as to what works the best. And someone may not even hear cut out flour and sugar. You know, right then, maybe she needs to hear, "You're beautiful. I love yeah. you. So let's get you going. Let's get you healthy." What does that look like for you? And you know, maybe she's she's already lost 100 pounds, and she thinks she looks pretty good. Why do we put people down? Yeah, doctors are some of the worst at it because we don't know how to be human people. <laughs> We're not taught that. We're, the humanity is beaten out of a lot of us. And I have women coming all the time. They said, oh, My doctor told me this. And I'm like, Really? Yeah.
1: I mean, that's horrible. Well, everybody is so different. Everybody is so different, and everybody's body's. Need different things. Like I've seen um, some people really thrive on more carbs in their diet and some don't. And we all have different genetic makeups and we all have different lifestyles and workout routines and stress levels and also hormone imbalances. So how can you say, like, I know that when women cut out carbs or if they really restrict carbs, that can cause even more stress on the body. Further enhancing
0: over to cortisol, right? Your adrenals make all of your hormones. Um, They tell the ovaries to make hormones, and so you shunt it from the sex hormones that you need to feel womanly and have normal cycles to cortisol, which is your stress hormone, which gives us the big belly and and you know we feel like crap all the time. We're exhausted, you know. And and why would I want to do that to any woman who's trying to make a path for health? Now, certainly, I have women that you know that come in every year and they tell me they want to get healthy and they have no freaking intention of, Mm -hmm. I know that's just your stick every year. I say, okay, what do you want to do? And they go, I don't know. We're getting food too expensive. I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want to go to this. I don't want to do this. And I'm like, okay, I'll see you next year. I mean, I, I can't make, I can't leave the horse in water, but you know I can't make a drink and I can't make women want to be healthy and feel like mm-hmm. the best person of themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, but certainly shame, and I'm obviously a very anti-shame person, very Brene Brown. Um, Brene
1: Brown, we love her.
0: It's is, is not a helpful emotion. It's not even a real emotion. It's something that we have fabricated. Yeah. And, uh, and so we got to start meeting women where they are. And I think honestly, women can help with this in the doctor's office too. You can come to the doctor's office with a plan in place you know, coming in and saying, you know, this is where I am. This is where I would like to be. You know, I always say, don't try to give me like a high school weight, you know, like i be back to hundred. I want to be like 112 pounds. Like I was in ninth grade, but that's before I had two kids and, you know, all this stuff. Give me a plan of what it is you want. What is your vision for your health? I want to have normal periods. I want to not mm-hmm. I want to be able to go out and, and enjoy my life. I want to run around with my kids, what, whatever it is, bring in your vision. And let's figure out together
1: yeah, what it is that
0: we can do to get there. And you're right. Well, it's not all low carb.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I love what you said too. It's like, don't come in and say, for, like, I want to be 100 pounds. Like, it's like, I want to have more energy so that I can show up for my kids, so that I can show up for my job. I want to feel more vibrant. I want to help out my memory. Like, there's all of these. I want to have less period pain. You know, there's so many yeah. other things. And I think when we frame it on how do I want to feel, that's when we're going to get the best results as opposed to like, this is how I want to look. Necessarily, you're never
0: going to look like you did when you were 20. I mean, right. you yes, aren't. That's great. I mean, look at Helen Mirren. Looks freaking fantastic now. I think she was better than she did when she was 30. You know, in the movies. But but certainly, you're right. The feelings are a better motivator. Um, when I eat a bunch of crappy food, like on a weekend where we're having a you know birthday party like that, I am like, there's a motivation. I feel like crap. Like I don't. Yeah. A- Want to feel this way. I'm, I mean, I almost feel hungover from eating a bunch of you know chips and onion dip. Yes. And I just know from my body, I can't do that. And mm-hmm. so, really knowing your particular body and what you, works for you now it works for Maria down the street. With exactly. Or paleo, or, you know, and also not just flipping from fad to fad really quickly, but really giving something a chance. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, at some points it's just harder to get healthy. I mean, as we get older, it is. So what makes you feel good? The, like the little kind of like, I always like the non-scale victories or the the feelings were like, man, I went out with my kid today in blue bubbles and it was amazing. And I felt so alive and free. That's a motivator. That's yeah. what
1: so good. Yeah, exactly. And we know also through research that fad diets don't work. Like you go through a fad diet, you're restricting, you are then causing your body to want to binge on foods because you're restricting and your weight yo-yos, which then is worse for your health. And so it's like, again, these are conversations that we just need to keep having and women need to keep hearing. Because I know, for example, like... The majority of uh, girls my age that I talk to, they still think, "Well, when I was on a diet, I was healthy, or like I lost the weight." And it's like, but you also don't always realize what that is causing in your body, you know? Yeah.
0: yeah, and when you're when you're under thirty, you can go on a diet and lose weight in like two weeks, and then then thirty happens, and forty happens, and all of a sudden the weight sticks on, or the it's harder to get over the hump. It's still very possible. It just takes a different level of commitment, and I always. I mean, you're absolutely right. It has nothing to do with how we look. The look follows the feel. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you start to feel good, you're going to glow. Your skin's going to look great. I mean, the the dopamine rushes and the oxytocin is going to flow and you're going to feel like a million bucks. And, you know, whether you're in a size four or a size 10, who cares? Right. You look and because you're glowing from the inside.
1: That's so true. Yeah, it's a confidence thing, right? It's like people can read that confidence in you. Yeah,
0: it's a vitality, right? That's what I say. It's like yeah. vitality, it's like, it's that healthy confidence, where you just feel like I-, I feel like I could rule the world.
1: Yeah. So, actually, I want to touch back on the libido thing for a second. I know we like left that uh-huh. conversation, <clears throat> but um, <laughs> like let's go back to that. So, when we are talking about. Like birth control and libido, that can be a side effect, correct? Like it lowers your testosterone and yes. and so sometimes that can be an issue. So what can girls do if they're like, you know what, the best choice for me was to be on birth control, but now I'm struggling with low libido. What can I do?
0: Yeah, isn't that a dirty trick? It's a really dirty trick. I mean, yeah. Men created men, men created birth control pills like right, seven right. years ago and and they work. But what they do is is they effectively bind testosterone by increasing your sex hormone binding globulin, which is a really big word. And we don't usually yeah. measure for that. I mean, we can, but, but we know long-term birth control, if someone comes in and goes, I just don't want to have sex anymore. Yeah, isn't that the rub? Like you're now yeah. you pregnant, like you don't want, but also you don't want to have sex. Right. And- Sometimes if I have girls that are willing, uh, we'll take a, a, a break. They wanna be on OCPs and that's what they wanna do. We'll take a break for a month or two and just say, let's just give your body a chance to reset. Um, I'm not always a big fan of testosterone supplementation for young mm-hmm. women. Mm-hmm. Certainly as we hit 40 and the testosterone levels are really expecting to drop, we certainly do testosterone supplementation. Um, it's a tricky business because if we overdo it, you're gonna turn into Chaz Bono. I mean you're gonna right. have a beard and like <laughs> yeah. you know, a clitoris penis now. And so we gotta be really real careful. things. Yes and terrifying I know real things. Places I know give super high doses because you do. You get a you know, you get this lovely roid kind of high and you feel really good and then it drops and then mm-hmm. you, grow up, you grow a penis out of your clitoris. And It's, it's a true thing. So
1: strange, but uh, yes. I know.
0: It's awful. And so, oh my gosh, I'm totally getting off topic here. Let me get back to this. <laughs> so, so a birth control pill <laughs> can going to help. Um, sometimes just switching the pill. These are for women that really want to be on the pill. Switching the pill can help. I find that the Yaz group, that Yasmin, um, BS, Saffron group can a little bit more than say some of the others since we just switch over to progesterone only. So it's a progesterone only pill called Ortho Micronor, which is just progesterone it can help that problem. Um, the IUDs aren't known for causing that as much Nexplanon when it goes in the arm um, and then of course the Paragard IUD which is no hormones can help if it's really really bad.
1: So does the well okay I'm gonna go there and like test the button here on this but so progesterone only are technically progestion right and that does act differently than progesterone in the body so are there it side does. effects with that it does
0: it does you're right and it's funny I was on the advisory council for when Laletta came out Laletta is kind of the Pepsi that Mirena's Coke, and everyone's heard of marina so I always say it's the same thing. But Aletta's actually has a nonprofit arm and gives to women in Africa, an IUD to women in Africa. So it's like Toms, but for IEDs. Mm-hmm. So there's my little thing. I don't, I don't work with them anymore, so there's no kickback. There. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um,
0: <laughs> so we all got to a group of gynecologists got together, and and I actually heard a male gynecologist I would never have expected this, who was probably sixty usually very old school. They don't believe that anything causes weight gain or any of that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And he said, he said probably the wisest thing I've heard in a long time, which he said, I just believe that some women's biochemistry does not gel with synthetic progestins. Mm-hmm. And that's why we see some of the side effects. I've had mm-hmm. women and I did it myself. I had a morina for three years after the birth of my second child. And I loved not having a period. I loved it. Like it was amazing. But I also lost my hair. Mm-hmm. i gained like 30 pounds. It does not work for me. I mean, I've already said, I don't take birth control well. Um, I've had women on Nexplanon, great form of control. I've used it in women of all ages. And I will, she'll come and she'll say, I've gained weight. And everyone kind of goes, yeah, yeah, sure. I can look back and over a year, like literally I saw the year before, it's 60 pounds. Yeah. I'm like, holy crap. There's no other reason unless her thyroid has gone MIA and why that should happen. So you do see some of those kind of symptoms uh, weight gain, acne, hair loss um, can happen with 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 the progestin only too absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. And so when it's when you're on like the combination pill and it's estrogen and progesterone, progestion. Mm-hmm. B- so is it the estrogen that is like tied in with testosterone? And um, my gosh, it's like gonna the SG the really long word SHM. Yeah, H- yeah <laughs> the sex hormone binding globulin. the SH-G. yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, so estrogen, actually and testosterone are kind of like um, kind of like brother sister. And yes. in fact, men have estrogen. And so men, what we seeing now and then is with all the exogenous estrogen in the plants and like that, is we're seeing men with with feminizing effects. We're mm-hmm. seeing men whose testosterones are 150 and they should start at 300. Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing a lot of, you know, males with breasts and that kind of thing. So we'll actually, we'll actually give men um, medications to block estrogen in their body to try to increase the testosterone. So, the
1: so estrogen thing- and testosterone have this fancy dance. Is it the more estrogen, the less testosterone? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, they're both produced in the ovary. Yes.
0: And um, testosterone can reduce the women's ovaries even after menopause, but usually in very small amounts. I mean, I had mine tested a while back um, and mine was like, Eight, which was like mm-hmm. nothing. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, great. I got nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't always, I mean, testosterone is not a great measure in women. Like, we know, like, unless you're having symptoms and it measures low, mm-hmm. giving me a great idea. I have women with huge libidos whose testosterone may be 15 and the upper limit of normal 70. So maybe I mean it oh, be wow. in there. Um, and I have women who have no libido and their testosterone is 70. I mean, like, it's just, you just never really know because so- there's so
1: many so, factors.
0: And so much libido is up in our head. And that's women's uh, yeah. biggest sex organ is our brain.
1: Mm. hmm Yeah. Well, do you have any suggestions for women that are like, okay, I am ready to fix this libido trick. What can I do? Yeah. Well, definitely.
0: I always ask women like the first... Because I stratify them into kind of two groups. So I say, okay, so what's the problem? Like, tell me what goes on. When you have sex and you start getting into it, do you enjoy it? Are you in the moment? Are you really like going for it? Or on the other side, are you thinking God, I got to pick up the kids tomorrow at two, and this weekend we have to go to the parents' house? I mean, what's going on? And if they mm-hmm. talk to target shopping list, then I know it's mental. Like it definitely has a mental component.
1: Dude, I relate to that so much. Where you, I'm like, okay, like I know this is important. Like, let's get this. Let's do this. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I have to check that email, or oh, I have to do this, and like I have to. Literally visualize. Like I have to like put myself, it's like a meditational state. My mom's listening to this. She's gonna be like, what is going on? But like you I have to <laughs> almost like visualize, like, okay, Nina, go into your meditation space so that you're not to-do list monkey brain, you know, going everywhere.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. We have done such a good job as humans of evolving that we've grown our prefrontal cortex, just the part of the brain that's all that thinking right up there in the front behind your eyes. And that is so well kind of amped up that we can't shut it off. We can't mm-hmm. shut it off. Mm-hmm. Or yep. we use our limbic system when we have sex. That's the animal side, like that's the feeling and the sensing. And that little thing has shrunk up into nothing. And so what happens in sex then for a lot of women is is that we can't shut down that damn frontal cortex. So we're thinking the whole time. We should be feeling the whole time. So key. Yeah. Yeah. And it's meditation is a great way to do it. Actually, mutual meditation together is a great way to do things just by like mirroring hands up, Um, actual mirror neurons. So actually using your hands together or like imitating each other can actually help Mm. humanly. The other thing I tell my women that suffer from this, because I mean, I do too, is focus on your five senses. So we don't do this. Like, that's why we have satin sheets and we have perfume. Mm. We have all these mm-hmm. things. So if you're really having a struggle, having like something really soft to touch or listening to some sexy music, that's what all these things help set the mood, as we say, because Makes it does. it gets it out of our out of our thinking man's brain, woman's brain into the limbic system. And so you can do all this. Like this is easy to do. You can put like um, you know, your favorite scent, like jasmine or something like that on the bedside, you know, a piece of dark chocolate or red wine i mean whatever you feel like it's to you kind of represents sexy but focusing on what things taste like and it is meditation i mean it really is it is and if you get lost in the middle of the of the escapade the sexcapade then kind of mm-hmm. doing something to get you back into that by touching something or listening to something or can help
1: mhm yeah you know what i say so often i was like get out of the thinking mind get into the feeling body and i'm not usually saying that when it has to do with like anything related sexually, I'm just yeah. like, all right, girls, like, we have to get out. So, like, go to yoga. Like, lo- give yourself, like, a lotion. Like, go get a massage. Like, do something yeah. to get out of the thinking mind. Like, we have to train ourselves because, like, our brain is this amazing tool and it helps us mm-hmm. do things and, like, have amazing jobs. But it's it's also doing us a disservice because we're stuck up there so much. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: honestly, things... I mean, and I, don't get me wrong. I'm on social media all the time, but but all the technology isn't helping. I mean... Yeah. Oh, me too. I'm, we used to shut off the, you know, shut off the TVs and and back, you know, like gosh, little house in the and they just went to bed and they had sex because that's, that's what you did. I mean, yeah. there's anything else to do? Now you got everyone in the room and no one's paying attention to each other, and and you're disengaged. And so, mm-hmm. that's why human touch is so important, like a massage, like you said. I mean, it's not sexual because you're getting a massage from someone, but it does help kind of re-energize the the, the touch neurons to kind of feel like, hey. This, this is pleasurable. Like I'm being touched, not in a sexual way, but in a pleasurable right. way. And then that means you can translate that over to sex when you're ready.
1: Mm-hmm. Such a good point. All of the books that I read of gynecologists and hormonal health, it's like there's always a chapter on this. There's always a chapter on sexuality and libido and like women's empowerment and just like unleashing your spiritual goddess. And yeah. it's so yeah. it's so important and it's so vital. And I'm so glad we're having this conversation.
0: It's, um, it's an epidemic and it's nothing that most doctors are trained to deal with. I mean, we're just not, we're not trained to deal with it. So where do you go? Where does a woman go to get this help? You know, you're right. And you go, you know, to, to modalities online. And I try to put a lot of stuff out there on sexuality on, on my Facebook page and everything too. But again, you're right. The first thing is start talking about it, talk about it. And if you don't want to talk about with your partner, how about with your friend? You know? Yeah. we talk about with her i mean you know i mean just bring up hey how you feel about this don't worry about being shamed by your friends or what she's doing so she's having sex five times a week good for her
1: yeah that is a big thing how often are we comparing ourselves to our friends like oh well they're doing that so something must be wrong with me or my relationship or whatever because x y and z look what they're doing everyone i remember that social media is prettified there's a filter on everything so just because it looks like
0: you know, Kathy down the street is doing all this amazing stuff. It doesn't mean that's actually what's happening. I mean, we, yeah. we edit. And life isn't really about editing. It's about just living it.
1: For sure. So what I guess if you had to say like one takeaway or like the biggest piece of advice you could give to women listening to this episode and who are looking to increase and enhance their hormonal health or their libido, what would you say?
0: Yeah, I think the first thing I would say is, is, is for sure, focus on the five cent sex. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just a way, an easy way that tonight... It's Tuesday. So, most people don't want to have sex on Tuesday, but hey, if you can do it, break. <laughs> yeah. Try it. Just try it. And don't, you know, if you're thinking about your shopping list, let's get you some help to not do that. The other thing is, is that start looking at yourself as a sexual being. And one thing I love to do is what I call the mirror exercise. I'm sure you've done this before. I take a bright red lipstick and I write, I am enough right over my mm-hmm. head in the mirror. And while I'm brushing my teeth every day, I'll just sit there and go, you know what? I am a badass. I'm a sexual mm-hmm. woman. I'm sexy. Um, I used to feel so bad with my husband. I was like, how's this outfit look? And he'd be like, it's good. It's good. Yeah.
1: And I'd be upset. Right. What? You know, because it's he, like you need his gratification to feel and, good to yourself, and he's an idiot. I mean, I mean, like, anyway, we love him to death, but yeah, yeah, I mean,
0: he, he means well. I mean, it's not, but he's a guy, and why am yeah. I worried about what he thinks? I found that when I got dressed and came out and just looked in the mirror, and was like, Damn, girl, you look good. good. Yeah, all of a sudden, I got a lot more compliments mm-hmm. because I wasn't looking for approval somewhere else, I already had it, I gave it to myself,
1: and your energy changed. And like we said, like the vibrancy about you changed exactly, exactly. Yeah, I love that. Well, where can our listeners learn more, find you? If they're not in Texas, like how can they learn from you and continue to stay connected? So, um,
0: my website's HeatherBartosMD.com. And uh, and I'm on Facebook at Dr. Heather Bartos and Instagram. And right now, I'm actually doing the, I call it the Monterey Women's Clinic. I'm doing a gynecological interpretation of big little lies. If anyone watches that show on HBO, the Game of Thrones last, um, when it ended recently. When, when did it?
1: Th- yeah, it ended. When? Oh, yeah. my gosh.
0: Like a few months like ago ago, but yes. I think it was just recently. And so find us there and follow us. And I guess I'm always kinda of talking about something women's especially probably more than I should, usually <laughs> sharing like you more than I should. <laughs> yeah. um, sorry, Nina's mom. We um it's all medical, I promise. <laughs>
1: it's um,
0: fine. And then just getting with a group of women and saying, let's let's have a like a like a book club. Let's have a club where we talk about our feelings and our sexuality and our and how we can make each other shine and how we can, can support each other. Yeah, um, I think finding another woman sexy is actually a really powerful tool and something that you can go out and do right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, like if I had to look at you, I know people will probably you know, see your pictures online, but I mean, you have bedroom eyes, girl. Oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, uh, plus that like, cute little top notch. I mean, finding <laughs> some other woman sexy doesn't mean yeah. that you're homosexual at all. It just means that now you're looking at, I'm looking at you. And now I'm thinking, well, wow, I got some nice body parts too. And it really empowers and mm. Well,
1: so, and you know what? Like When you notice that you're judging other women, it's always a reflection on how you're judging yourself. Exactly, so if you're saying, exactly. if you're looking at them, and you're like, oh, look at them. They're this, they're that. I'm making these assumptions about a person according to how they look. That's exactly a reflection of how you look and you feel. Or not how you look, but how you feel about how you look. So yes, I love I that you finding, said that. finding five women
0: sexy in a week and just telling them so. You're going to elevate them and you're going to elevate yourself.
1: Hmm. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming on the show today and chatting with us. We haven't had this conversation before, so I'm really glad to bring it to our listeners. Um, we got real, you know, deep into all of it, and um, I really appreciate you chatting with us today. It was my pleasure. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thanks, guys, for tuning into this episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. And I hope that you feel a little bit less afraid to talk about these concepts, to share how you're feeling with your friends when it comes to your sexuality and your hormonal health. And I think as women, we really need to start sharing this message and becoming more open about these topics because it's really only going to benefit us and our femininity and women's health as a whole. So... Hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. Just a reminder that I am taking private one-on-one hormone coaching clients. So if you're interested, you can catch up with me and find more information on my website, www.nourishedwithnina.com or you can check me on Instagram at nourishedwithnina. All right, that's all I have for you guys today, but we will be back next week and Liz will be joining us for another episode. See you guys then.